0: bring you what feels like way back to my first grade year. And who became my best friend, Max, was in my class with me. And I noticed him across the room and thought, I want to be that guy's friend. And so what was normal for kids then, and I'm not actually sure about now, I passed him a note and said, will you be my friend? And he had actually passed me a note that said, will you be my friend? So it was a match made in heaven. We became best friends. He had actually moved down the street from me and we hung out all the time. Riding our bikes to each other's houses, we're hanging out together, making up silly random games and talking about everything. And we just became like brothers. Like we lived life together. We talked about everything. We lived our lives together. And like we grew up, went to the same school, and so we had a lot of same classes together. And I remember how many times this happened that we'd be in class and Our teacher would be talking, teaching us. It was a time where it's like specifically quiet. And you're taking a quiz or whatever it might be. And then you look over at your friend, right? You look over at them. You know what they're thinking. Like you guys just click. And then we start laughing. And it's like you're supposed to be quiet. And in these moments, everything is funnier. And so we're just like laughing, trying to hold it in. I know exactly what he's trying to say. And in however many times this happened, Max was almost always the one to get in trouble. The teachers would call him out and then I'd be like, oh yeah, I need to hold it together and not get in trouble and he, man, he hated that. But we were in this like close relationship where we just knew each other. And some of you can think of somebody you know like that, that you just get it. Like you look at each other and that's all it takes. You've communicated so much already. You've lived life together, shared so much life together where you have this closeness and relationship. And we think of how do we develop that kind of closeness with the Lord? Well, prayer is a key part in how we develop that kind of relationship with Him. To live life together. To communicate with Him. To engage in that relationship to develop to a point where you just know each other so well. That prayer is an integral part of our life with Jesus. And when you read about the early church in the Bible prayer was a constant. It was a consistent part of their life. Jesus didn't even have to like tell them to pray. He taught them how to pray, encouraged prayer, but people were praying as a part of their regular life. When you look at the life of Jesus, he took many times to go away on his own, to be with the Father, to pray, engage in that relationship. And in the New Testament, Paul is he's writing to different churches around the area. He encouraged them in prayer. He says, pray for others, pray for me, pray together, Prayer is a regular part of our life with God, to be in communion with him, to be in relationship with him, because prayer is an essential part of being the church. And that's what we're talking about in these last two weeks to talk about what does it mean to be the church? What are these key elements of us as NCC and just being a part of the group of believers around the world? So what does it mean when we talk about being a praying church? Well, the first thing I want to encourage you with is what it means to be a praying church is that we live life close with God. We live life close with God. When you read the Bible, which as you take it as a whole, is an account, a story of God and his people in this relationship together. And it's the important thing we realize about the Bible is that it is all about relationship. God created humans to be with him, to live life with him, to walk with him, talk with him. You see that in the garden, Adam and Eve walking with the Lord. And then we create the separation through sin, and God sends his son Jesus to make a way for us to be with him. It's not that he had to or felt forced to, but he did it so that we could be in relationship with him. That's what matters, and that's what it is about. So when we talk about spiritual disciplines, think of praying or reading your Bible, fasting, solitude, Sabbath, these disciplines are about relationship. It's not about some regimen or a checklist or requirement that God has given us to be pleasing to him, but this is how we develop relationship. And until we get that motivation right, we're going to do all those things for the wrong reasons. God desires relationship with us. And that is key when we look at prayer and what it means. So what does it mean to be a praying church that we live life close with God? because prayer is a way for us to step into that closeness with him for a long time i thought that when i pray it's the way that i can bring god into my space that like god isn't ready to be here until i pray and bring him in or that he's doing something else and i need to get his attention when i pray but god is here and he is available to us that's what jesus did is he made that a way for us to be with him he made that relationship open At all times. And prayer is us stepping into God's presence. Not that it's not ready for us. It's always ready for us. Are we ready for it? When we pray, we're deciding to step into His presence. So it's us stepping into that closeness with Him. And this is what God desires for us. An intimacy. A realness. A closeness. Where you can just be together and kind of, you know what you're thinking. You know each other so well. You have that kind of relationship with Him. This kind of intimacy is reflected when we look at Matthew chapter 6. In verses 5 and 6, He says, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. It's about this intimacy, this intimate relationship that we share with our Father. And it's important we realize this about prayer. And I want you to think about the people that you're closest to. Those relationships that maybe came up when I was talking about my friend earlier. um, The people that you just, you get. Like you guys are on the same wavelength. They're maybe the richest relationships that you have. What do you share with them? What do you communicate and talk about with them? Probably Everything. I mean, those relationships, those are the ones where you're sharing everything. Like, you're talking about stuff that, like, doesn't even matter. And you, like, you may not remember what you talked about yesterday, but you're talking about everything together. You're sharing all of it, the big moments, celebrations, the really down moments, and the things that you're grieving. You're sharing the everyday, pointless, nobody else would care that it's important kind of moments. Those are the moments that we share with those people. But how do we think it's any different with the Lord? When we think of our relationship with Jesus, what do we share with Him? Are we sharing our life with Him? Are we sharing these, maybe what feel like smaller moments, but how much of our life are we bringing Him into? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So Paul is encouraging um, the church to live life together, how to be in communion with each other. And he says, never stop praying. That's a regular, constant part of our life. And I remember in my life, there's the shift in my relationship with the Lord. When I, when I stopped kind of keeping Him in only one moment of the day, but I would start to bring Him into other moments and share regular moments of my day with Him. Being in the car, driving to work, and talking to God. Doing the dishes, or playing with the kids, and still being with God. And living that life, that moment with Him. Talking to God about anything. I'm anxious about this, or, Lord, this is bothering me. Why is that? Or, I don't know how I'm going to lead this project at work tomorrow, what I'm going to do. Or just thanking Him, and you are so good. Like, thank you that I get to be in this moment right now but you're recognizing and being with the Lord in these normal, everyday moments. Or walking around the park and thanking the Lord for His creation. When you're with other people and thankful for that relationship, that friendship, maybe something comes to mind that's bothering me and I surrender it to God in this moment. That I don't have to wait for tomorrow morning to be able to talk to God like He's not available to me until then. But I just, in the moment, Lord, take this from me. I don't give it to you. I don't want to be thinking on it anymore because I know that you have conquered it and I know that you are going to lead me through it. And even sometimes, like, we carry too much because we feel like we can't let it out to the Lord. That He's not ready for us until some specific moment. And we kind of hang on our shoulders more than He wants us to do. In Philippians chapter 4, he says, don't worry about anything. The encouragement from the author here that pray about everything, Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. And then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Just pray about everything. Let let God know about it. Like, let it out and talk to Him. Share those moments with Him. Because when we are a praying church, it means we're living life close with the Lord. God wants to be in it with us. He's a good Father. He cares for us. And it's not like He's going to make fun of us or make us feel shameful about whatever comes to our mind and what we're experiencing. But He wants to be in it with us because He wants a kind of intimate relationship with us. It's about relationship. And so we share all these things. We share these moments and talk to Him about the stuff and on our mind. And we're talking and talking. But we also, in the talking, need to make sure we give time to listen. In time to just be with the Lord and listen to Him and let Him speak. Because if it's a relationship, Max and I would not become so close if I was the only one ever talking to Him. And He's like, never talks to me. Like, it's a relationship and goes both ways. And so, when we look in John chapter 10, there's a great picture of our relationship with the Lord as we are sheep to the Lord as our shepherd. And He says that the sheep know His voice. And he says the sheep won't follow a stranger because they don't recognize him. They don't know his voice. They're not going to follow him, but they know the voice of their shepherd. And so they follow him. And he protects them and comforts them and guides them. How well do we know God's voice? Because if we're always talking and always sharing what we have, like we don't give space to recognize what it looks like when God speaks to us. And so just a part of being a praying church is that we give space to listen. And become familiar with what His voice sounds like as we meditate on Scripture or we spend time in silence and just being present with the Lord. I challenge you, take five minutes each morning of this week and be quiet and just listen. Sometimes it's not about hearing God speak something, but just becoming tuned into His voice. And I promise you, His voice will become a bit clearer, a bit more obvious throughout the days you live life with Him. As we give space to let our heart become untuned with His voice. In verse 14 of John 10, it says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my Father knows me and I know the Father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. See, prayer is about us and our relationship with God. It draws us into this closeness with Him, to live life close with the Lord. But then it's also about others. Being a praying church is about looking at others and praying for others. We see an example of Jesus praying in John chapter 17. Praying for his friends. Praying for his disciples, those who are believing in him. Praying in the New Testament. Paul praying for the churches that he writes to. Praying for his friends. Having those pray for him as well. But even then, um, when we look at praying for others, it's something that's a constant in our life. In James 5. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So that we pray for others as well, but even beyond that, it's not just praying for those we're comfortable with or those that we know really well. But being a praying church means that we also are praying for others outside of that small group because we reflect God's heart for the world. What it means to be a praying church, that it's a regular part of our lives, that we as a church body are praying together constantly is that we reflect God's heart for the world. Because God loves everybody. Logically, a lot of us would say so. Yeah, God loves everyone. But think, every single person, God loves them. That should change the way we live and interact with people because God loves them. How much do we believe that? That God loves other people like He loves me. Like when I go to the store and I see somebody pass me in the aisle. God loves them as much as he loves me. Or see someone in the cash register. God loves them as much as he loves me. Or you're driving and someone cuts you off. God loves them as much as he loves you. When you see somebody on TV, God loves them as much as he loves me. When you see somebody from another country, someone who doesn't look like you or talk like you or live like you, God loves them like he loves me. It should change the way we see the world and see people, because every human being, God loves, like He loves you and He loves me. And so, when we live as a praying church, we reflect that kind of love to all people. And in First Thess- First Timothy, it it says, "I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people." Everybody, say all, all people says, I urge you, first of all, pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. He's encouraged us to pray for all people, have that kind of love, reflect his heart. And as we reflect his heart for the world, then we're starting to get bothered by the things that bother the Lord. When we see conflict around the world, what does that do to us? And this isn't about having a political opinion or stance on anything, but when we see death and disunity, and destruction around the world, that should bother us. That is not the way God intended us to live. It's not the way He created us. When you look in the garden and the goodness He created there, that's not what He created. And it's not about your opinions on who's doing what. When we see wars, oppression, sickness, when there's disunity and destruction and there's death, this should bother us. That we should pray for them. Pray for those involved. Pray for the situation. And Jesus calls us even to go further than that. Because He says, pray for the people who cause the disunity. Pray for the people who cause the destruction and the the division. In Luke chapter 6, Jesus says, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Being a praying church means we reflect His love for the world. It goes beyond just our small sphere, but it is across the world to those we may not agree with that we would pray for them. Pray for all people. Again in First Timothy, I urge you first of all, pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Sometimes we read that and we just think that it's only applicable to people who live under kings. They're like, I hope that they were able to follow Jesus' instruction. But what is he saying? We pray for those in authority. We pray for those who are leading in different areas, even if we may not agree with them. Because the people who he was talking to were not living with kings around that were all good. They were not all making great decisions for those that Jesus was encouraging. We have leaders and people around us that we may not agree with. And Jesus says, pray for them. Lift them up. He says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there's one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Jesus Christ. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. So whether you feel like they're good or not, or you agree with them or not, Jesus says, pray for them. Even if you don't think they deserve it. Do you think you or I deserve to be prayed for and lifted up by others? No. Nobody deserves that. And that's not our place to say. Jesus is the one who will judge. And you can trust He will do that righteously. So let's leave that job to Jesus. He has called us to pray. We are not in this place that He has asked us to judge others, but that we would pray for others. So let's do what he called us to do, to be a praying church, to pray for all people. Because he will judge and he'll do it righteously, but this is what he's called us to do. I want to give you some context because this is what he's saying. He's saying, for example, pray for Joe Biden. Pray for Kamala Harris. Pray for Greg Abbott. What about praying for Vladimir Putin or King Charles III? Or praying for your boss at work or praying for Pastor Aaron? Like, it doesn't matter whether you agree with them or not, or you think they're good or they're not. He says, pray for all people. That's what the church is supposed to be. That we lift people up because what God wants is for everyone to be saved and understand the truth, it says. So I'm just trying to give you context. That it's not about we get to judge people or think one way or another, but to pray. And to have a scope that goes beyond just the people right in front of us but to think about the world because Jesus is and prayer helps us to reflect that heart says this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and understand the truth so what does it mean to be a praying church Do we live life close with God Do we reflect his heart to the world the more we pray and engage with the Lord the more we will do these things and express that kind of love And it also, it means that we start thinking and loving and looking like Yahweh. As we are a praying church, we start looking, thinking, and loving like Yahweh. I remember a few months ago, I was facing what felt like an incredibly difficult season of life. It was really a trying time, uh, parenting our foster kiddos, and our lives just looked different than I had wanted it to by then. And I went to go pray and walking around a park and praying to the Lord and just sharing what I'm feeling. And really all I wanted was him to say, hey, I'm going to work it out the way you are asking me to and you can go do the things that you want to. Like that's what I wanted him to say. And then thankfully the Lord spoke through those thoughts and spoke to me. He reminded me that in this moment I just wanted the situation to change because I felt like that was a problem and I wanted peace and I needed this to change. But he reminded me that in this moment, God was just wanting to change me, to change my heart, that I would find peace in him and not my circumstance, that I would start to see what he is doing and how he's working and what he wants to accomplish in this moment. How many times when we're praying, are we trying to just change things to look like what we want them to look like? When God is just waiting for us to say, you can change me. That we would see things like He does. That we would start looking like Yahweh. We would start loving people like Him. That maybe it's not about that person changing, but God really just wants us to start loving them like He would. Prayer helps us to do that, to come close with Him, to align our hearts with Him. And in that way, we start looking and loving people like Yahweh does. It's such an important part of prayer to do that, to reflect Yahweh. Yahweh who embodies love, who is love. And you see that love through what He has done for us. Because in the beginning, God created a perfect world for us to be in relationship with Him and we're close with Him. And then we decided to take things into our own hands. And in that, we brought sin and separation that we couldn't be in the presence of a holy God but God desired relationship with us and so he sent his son Jesus to come to the earth to live a blameless life and give his life on the cross and in that he took our payment of death we were destined for death because of the sin that we brought into the world and Jesus took it upon himself and he gave his life and in that he paid that price opening the veil tearing the veil it says opening the space for us to step into God's presence to have relationship with Him again. And that life is available to us now to just decide we want to live life with the Lord and be led by Him. That He would be the guidance of our steps. He would be our shepherd. And so this morning, we want to present an opportunity to pray that prayer, to start relationship with the Lord. Maybe you've not prayed that before and you want to live a life with Him. And maybe... You've been living life with him, but it hasn't meant what it ought to. And today you feel encouraged to kind of rekindle that faith, to start again and say, Jesus, I do want you to guide my steps and be with me. This morning, we're going to pray together. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes, just to reflect in this moment. If you want to pray that prayer, we're all going to say it together, even if you've prayed it before, just in support of those who maybe haven't we'd ask the Lord that we'd live life with Him. He'd be our shepherd and our Savior. So let's pray together. Say, Jesus, thank you for your love. Help me to love like you. I want to live life with you. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. Have all of me. I love you, Jesus. And I want to be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate together if anyone may be making that decision for the first time? You guys, this is what it's about to be in relationship with Jesus. And so we celebrate those who maybe are starting that kind of relationship with him. And we at NCC, we want to help you in these next steps and continue to be alongside of you as you grow in your relationship with the Lord. And so we have a next step for you. You can see on the screen. If you go to newcommunity.co slash connect track, this is a space where we can come together, talk about Jesus, talk about next steps in growing and being a part of this community of faith. And so you can find information there. If you pray that prayer today, check out that link um, as we help you grow. Now, as we think of this week and how we kind of put to action um, what we're talking about to be a praying church, There's a couple things I want to challenge you with. They're simple, but maybe feel challenging in a way that we can express to be a praying church together, even in a personal life. The first would be sharing everyday moment with the Lord. Maybe you notice the beauty of the nature around you. Tell him, tell him right then. You don't have to wait for any specific moment, but just talk to God. Maybe when you're doing dishes, talk to him. These are just examples, but in everyday moments, Take a moment this week to just reflect on the Lord, pray, talk to him. It doesn't have to be a very special thing, but just say, God, you're good. Thank you that I get to experience this. I love you, whatever that might be. The second thing would be pray for someone that you don't agree with. The scripture tells us to ask God to help them and give thanks for them. This may feel challenging if you're not used to doing it much, but it's an important part of our faith. Because we reflect God's love for everyone. How many times have we done something that didn't fall in line with what God had planned for us? And He still loves us. And so it's not us up to us to judge, but we'll just pray for those even if we don't agree with Him. Because He says pray for all people. And I want to take a moment and pray together to ask the Lord to give us strength to do this. So we'd start reflecting in His heart to be a praying church together to become a constant, consistent part of our lives as we reflect on who God is. Jesus, thank you, Lord, for bringing us together, that we can learn together and grow together. Lord, as we're talking about being a praying church, help us see the impact, the importance of prayer in our personal life, and our life together as the church. And Lord, this week, as we look to practice this and put it into our normal life, Bring it up in our mind that you're with us in everyday moments. Help us recognize your spirit around us in what may feel like a very mundane moment of the day. And also, Lord, give us courage to speak blessing, to speak good of people maybe we don't agree with, to be able to pray for them. Lift them up, that they may know you, that they may experience blessing because of you. Lord, it's difficult sometimes for us, but we want to reflect your heart in the way you love the world. And we thank you that you love us even when we don't deserve it. Jesus, help us with this. We're excited for the change and just the way we're going to grow and looking forward to how you're going to move in our lives in this church. We love you.